3. I've been enjoying this, verses 1 through 2, and today we're going to pick up in verse 3. And the title of the message today is, God is in the restoration business. I love that. If you think about uh, restoring and restoration, there are people that have companies where they go into an, an older home or something and they rehab it, they restore it, or someone gets an old vehicle and they restore it back to like its original, uh, the way it was originally. And I want to tell you that God is in the restoration business for us. And so uh, I'd like to read two scriptures, if you will turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23. But before we go there on the screen, I'd like to show you John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. We're in the series, The Good Shepherd, and Jesus declares very clearly that he's the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just in the first two verses, aren't you glad that Jesus is our good shepherd? All right, Psalm 23, 1 through 6, reading from the New King James Version. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. We're going to pick up in verse 3 now here today. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you'll take your Bible in whatever form you have and just hold it up in the air and let's boldly, uh, let's pray and then we'll boldly declare. In fact, let's boldly declare and then we'll pray. Everyone just repeat this with me, will you? Say, Heavenly Father, right now, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my mind, my body, my soul, and my spirit to receive the truth of your word. And now, Lord, I ask your fresh anointing be upon me to speak forth your word, to encourage, to challenge and, Father God, to inspire us, God, to run to our good shepherd, Jesus. I pray, anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. I pray, Lord, let this seed fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And right there at your home, in your couch, shout out a good amen. As a matter of fact, if you are ready for an encouraging word, I want you to type I'm ready in the connection spot in the comments section of your uh, Facebook there, and we'll get going. As we continue to examine the 23rd Psalm, in order to see its full perspective, we need to take a look at the two Psalms around it, because uh, Psalm 22, 23, and 24 talk about our, our past, our present, and our future, and who Jesus is. In Psalm 22, he's the sacrificing shepherd. And it speaks concerning our past. It's, it's, it was prophetic for its time, but it describes beautifully some things that Jesus did on the cross for us, dying for us. In Psalm 24, he's the chief shepherd, which speaks of our future, and he's coming back for us. Well, in Psalm 23, he is the good shepherd, which speaks of what he does for us right now. And I'm so thankful for what he's done in the past. I'm thankful for what he's going to do in the future. But I want a good shepherd right now, especially in these times and this days and age in which we're living with this coronavirus. 
And that leads me to point number one, and that is this. The good shepherd will restore your soul. Now I looked up, the word restore here means to turn back, to bring the soul back again to life, or to recreate. I love that. I want to say it again. I know it's on the screen for you, but I love it. Restore says to turn back, to bring the soul back again to life or recreate. He literally causes life to return to us again. He quickens me. He causes me to live. Literally, it means he will turn me back to life. Soul here is meaning life or spirit. It's not referencing the soul as like wandering or backsliding from God. That's not what he's meaning here. Rather, to the life of or the spirit that's exhausted, that's wearied, that's troubled, that's anxious, that's maybe depressed about having to be home for so long, worn down with all the cares and toils. Maybe you're laid off and you're trying to figure out how you're going to make ends meet. You're tired of looking at the same four walls. Your family's getting on your nerves. All the things, and you're getting worn down. That's what it's referring to. The heart and the soul is exhausted. The Bible says that when we're in that place where we think we can't take it anymore, when we're in that place of depression, when we're in that place where we just think, I, I can't take another minute of this. I'm ready to get back to life as normal. The Bible says our good shepherd Jesus will restore. He will turn us back to life. He'll refresh us and encourage us. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you serve a good shepherd? Just type in good shepherd right there in the comment box. The heart and the soul is exhausted. So he reanimates and he brings vigor back to us. Worn out and exhausted from the weight of the coronavirus and, and the other tough situations. And frankly, the tough news we got from the governor this week that said, no, no more. You can't gather. You can't meet. And it's still going to be longer. And we'll reevaluate in two weeks. Nobody wanted to hear that, especially me. We want to get back to normal. So when you hear that kind of stuff, it just kind of wears you down. It presses you down. Maybe you're worn out and exhausted because no matter how much you pray, your marriage is still on rocky ground. And now that you've got to live with them and work with them 24-7, it's especially on rocky ground. It's kind of like Ruth Graham. When they asked her one time, she was married to Billy Graham, the great preacher and minister of the gospel for so many years. They said, Ruth, did you ever think about divorce? She thought for a second. She said, divorce? No, I never thought of divorce. Murder? <laughs> I thought of murder. <laughs> and maybe you're at home right now and you're thinking murder with your spouse. I want to tell you, worn out and exhausted because you're not a teacher and you want to execute capital punishment on your children. You want to kill them. Maybe you're worn out and exhausted because if your roommate does one more thing to get on your nerves, you're going to strangle the life right out of them. Worn out and exhausted and depressed over seeing the same four walls of your house constantly. It's time to get out of the house and do something. For some of you contemplating retirement, you got a little, uh, uh, you got a little, uh, 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 I don't, can't think of the word right now. What's the word? You got a taste. That's it. Thank you. You got a little taste of what retirement is like. I know it's for this coronavirus is probably going to keep you working another 20 years. Maybe you're worn out and exhausted over the anxiety and the worry and the fear and all the things, and it's just wearing you down. I want to tell you, our good shepherd will restore you. He'll restore your spirits. He'll bring life back into you. He'll reanimate you. He'll turn you back to life. Glory to God. Just type in life in the comment box. 
The first way in which our great shepherd, our good shepherd, provides restoration is by bringing back that which has gone astray. Luke chapter 15, verse 4 through 7 says this. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I want you to notice the loving care and the love and the compassion of our shepherd. He will leave the 99 in order to go find the one that's lost. He'll go find them and many times he'll find them caught up in some thorns and some thistles, and he'll reach down and he'll pull them out of that mess that they're in, and he'll throw them over his shoulder and he'll walk them back to the fold. Man, that is what our good shepherd does for us. When we wander off the path away from him, he'll come find us. I want to tell you, if you've been serving God at one time, but now you've you've walked away a long time now to do your own thing, and you've, you've carelessly wandered away from him, he wants to bring you back in the fold today. I don't know who I'm talking about, but I sense this in my spirit. There's somebody watching, and God is beckoning. He is calling you back home, and he knows you're in a mess, and you know you're in a mess. He is waiting for you to let him come get you, pull you out of the thorns and thistles and the mess of this life and the mess you've created for yourself and pull you back, pull you onto his shoulders and walk you back into the fold. He is our good shepherd. He'll get you out of whatever mess you're in. He'll pick you up and carry you to the Father's arms. I want to tell you, there's a mistake out there. There's There's a misbelief that says, well, God will only speak to you when he's in the fold. That is not true at all. I know for a fact when I had wandered away from God and I was living like the devil, I can remember God would tell me, ask me. I mean, God would speak to me and he would say, are you going to heaven? And in my mind, I would say, well, yeah, I'm going to heaven. I said a prayer when I was eight years old. But deep down inside, I knew I was not right with God. And if I was to die right then, I would not go to heaven. I got a question for you today. As you're watching this right now, if you were to die right today, this second, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? Because if you don't, you need to give your life to Jesus. I got a pastor friend of mine that used to tell me that when he was out drinking and partying, he'd be sitting at the bar getting drunk, and God would speak to him and say, What are you doing here? You know I've called you to preach my gospel. I want to tell you, you can be living like the devil. You can be living like the devil in, in, in hell. You could be in, in, in just the thorns and thistles of this life far away from God. And our good shepherd will speak to you, and he'll try to bring you back home. Will you allow him? Woo. Glory to God. There's an old English shepherd's term called a cast sheep. Cast, C-A-S-T. I love this. This is basically a sheep that is turned over on its back somehow, and it can't get out of that position. Apparently, it happens to sheep from time to time. And when this happens, all the sheep can do is lay on its back and just kick its legs. And if the shepherd doesn't find it in a short time, it will actually die. Now, when the shepherd finds the sheep in that condition, it will turn it over. It will actually rub its legs to create circulation again, stand it back on its feet. Now, it will wobble and it will stagger for a little while, but eventually it will get its legs and it will get back going the right direction. Man, I want to tell you this is what David probably had in mind when he said he restores my soul. 
when we stumble and we fall and we become helpless, our good shepherd will come get us out of the thorns and thistles of this life. He'll come get us up off our back. He'll create circulation in us with the Holy Spirit. He'll breathe the Holy Spirit into us and create circulation of life again. He'll breathe the Word of God into us. He'll speak a Word of God into you. He'll put you on somebody's heart and they'll pray for you. And all of a sudden, your spirit, man, the Spirit of God and the Word of God will begin to circulate in you again. All of a sudden, you get on your feet. You might stumble at first when you get back in church. But I promise if you stay in the word of God And you stay in the good shepherd's presence You will move forward And you'll get on solid ground And you'll get your strength back And he'll lead you back to the fold Hallelujah Just put in the comment box Fold, I'm going back to the fold When we stumble in life And fall to temptation He's watching over us And when we repent He wants to bring us back to that fold I want to tell you, he wants to restore. He wants to bring life back into you again today. He wants to restore you, reanimate you, put energy and vigor back inside of you. And I want you to notice what the shepherd does not do when he finds a lost sheep. He does not walk up on the lost sheep and sit there and scold it and give it a good tongue lashing uh, for wandering off before he lets it go. He also doesn't get his rod and beat it back all the way to the fold. I told you once, I told you a million times, don't you ever. He doesn't do that. Here's another one. He never asked the 99 if they want the lost wandering sheep back or not. He just brings them home. It is with love, compassion, and a tender heart that the shepherd restores the wandering lost sheep back to the fold. What a beautiful picture of our shepherd. Wow. We wander away. He climbs mountains till he finds us in the thorns and thistles and broke down from life and beat up, laying on our back and helpless. He reaches out. He lifts us up. He returns us to the family. In his restoration, God will never rebuke you and scold you and give you a tongue lashing for wandering off and getting lost. He'll never beat you, get a switch, and beat you back into the fold. That's not what God does. Nor will he come back and ask the 99 that are in church if they want the lost and wandering lost sheep back in the fold. I want to tell you something, church. When a brother or sister repents, we've got to receive them back with joy and with gladness. Paul wrote about this in 1 Corinthians. He said, hey, man, you got a guy in your church sleeping with his stepmother, and you're, you're applauding this. I rebuke you for this. You need to deal with this guy. Well, by 2 Corinthians, he's like, okay, well, you, dealt, you did that a pretty good ways, but like, don't banish him to hell either. The man's repented. Now bring him back into the fold. Aren't you glad we have a good shepherd that doesn't look at us like sometimes other people look at us? Oh, you know when you sin and people look at you funny, oh, you're the one that did that. You're the one that did this. And I want to tell you when God brings the sheep back in the fold, the church has one response, and that is to accept them with love and with no conditions just like Jesus did. What a beautiful picture. Man, listen, our restoration is not dependent on the opinions of other sheep, but is totally dependent upon our shepherd. 
Aren't you glad that when you blow it in life and other people want to kick you down, other people want to throw you away, other people want to throw the towel on you, our good shepherd says, no, I'm not done with you. I'll go find you. I'll go to the depths of the earth. I'll pull you out of whatever mess you're in. And if you don't have the strength to walk on your own, I'll put you on my shoulders and I'll carry you back to the sheepfold. Woo! Man. Several years ago, an angry man rushed through the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam until he found Rembrandt's famous painting, Night Watch, to which he took a knife out and began to slash it, to destroy it, until he was stopped. A short time later, a distraught, hostile man stripped, slipped into St. Peter's Cathedral in Rome and with a hammer began to smash Michelangelo's La Pieta sculpture to destroy it. Two great, wonderful pieces of art in our history that were destroyed by these two people. The question is, what did they do with that? Did the experts say, well, it's destroyed now, throw it out, get rid of it? Absolutely not. They brought in the foremost, best experts in the world who with care and compassion and with everything they could do to possibly do it, they restored that painting, they restored that sculpture back as close to that original intent as they possibly could. They didn't throw it out. I want to tell you something. I don't know who's watching me, but I feel the unction and the Spirit of God to tell you this. It is God does the same thing with us. He doesn't throw us out like yesterday's trash when we get damaged in life. When we blow it, even if you've made the mistake, don't let, quit letting the devil tell you that you're in this mess and it's your fault and you deserve it. No, you don't. You may be a mess. You may have had a, a, a lot of stuff happen in your life. You may have been given a raw deal. Some of it may be your fault. But I want to tell you, God will never throw you away. God will take you and he'll restore you better than you were originally. Woo! Did you know that when you get a cut on your arm or something, that when it heals up, the scar is actually tougher than it was to begin with? That's what God does in our life. Our good shepherd will take us and he'll put us back together. He'll restore us. And when other people wanted to throw you away like yesterday's trash, God says, no, that's my beautiful masterpiece. That person is my beautiful work of art. And I don't care how bad they've been wounded. I don't care where they've been. I don't care what they've done. I'm going to bring them back into the fold. And when I'm done with them, I am not like Humpty Dumpty. I will put them all back together again. Woo! Sometimes the sheep are fainting and need a breath of air. Man, just stop right there for just a second. I can't get that out of my head. Just right where you're at, say, he restores me. Maybe just type it in the comment box. He restores me. Whew. There are times when traveling through the mountainside and during the afternoon, the sun is just beating on you. Look, I've been to Israel four times. I went one time the third week of May, and Qumran by the Dead Sea was 108 degrees. I, I, God only knows what it is in July and August. I mean, it was, it was hot. And, and you get out there in that midsummer, and it's probably 120, 30 degrees, whatever. And those sheep, they've been wandering all day, and that sun is blistering them, and, it, and it's just hot. And that shepherd, what he'll do is in that Rocky Mountains, if you've been to Israel, you know what I'm talking about. And those, he, he'll find a rock that's kind of overhanging, and he'll get the sheep in the shade for a minute. He'll give them a break. And, it, and then a gentle breeze will come, and it'll refresh them. It's a, they get out of the heat. They get a cool breeze. It kind of refreshes them. Sort of like cutting the grass in a hot summer day. You know, you cut for a while. You get hot. You stand in the shade. You let the cool wind blow on you. It refreshes you. It revitalizes you. 
Let me tell you that that's exactly what our good shepherd does with us in life. He'll shade us from the heat of the trials that we deal with in life for a time. He knows just how much you can take. And when he knows you need a break, he'll shield you from the heat of those trials for a time. He'll let the cool wind of the Holy Spirit, he'll breathe on you the wind of the Holy Spirit. And just as the natural wind in a shade tree will refresh your physical body, so the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit in the shade of the, of the Almighty, the shadow of the Almighty, will refresh your spirit. He'll give you a rainbow word of God that will jump off the page to you. And it will restore your spirit as you mull it around in your mind. He'll restore you when you get in the prayer closet as he comforts you and he cares for you and he answers your prayers. He'll, he'll restore you when you put some praise and worship on as he saturates you with the presence of Almighty God. Man, I've come to tell somebody, we need to be refreshed. Now, I'm speaking from experience. I don't know. I've been, I've been battling some depression and I, don't, I haven't figured out if it's my own or if it's yours. So many times the Lord lets me feel what you're going through so I know how to pray for you. And I'll just be honest with you. Yesterday was a, it was a tough day. In fact, yesterday was just a real crappy day. It's just bad. And I'm telling you it was tough. And I don't care how much. I fasted and prayed all day and I worshiped and it didn't get any better. I want to tell you, by the end of the night, finally, I I felt it start to lift. There are just some things sometimes you go through and you need the presence of Almighty God. When you're in that place, that is not the time to run from Him. It's the time to run to Him. He'll refresh you. He'll restore you. He'll breathe the breath of life into you again. He'll turn you back to life. Glory to God. Life can can be like squeezing juice out of an orange. It just, life sometimes can squeeze the, the life right out of a person. A person can become only a shell and a fragment of who they really are. No new thrill of enthusiasm. The dawn of a day leaving you cold and hopeless. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I feel like somebody, you're just running through the motions of life. Just existing. No real life. I want to tell you, if you will allow the good shepherd to get his hands on you, if you'll return to him, if you'll submit to you, if you surrender your life to him, he'll cause life to come back in you. He'll revitalize you. Point number two is this. The good shepherd will lead you in the paths of righteousness. On a plaque at Florida Singing Tower, you can read these words. I come here to find myself. It's so easy to get lost in the world. Man, we come to to life's forks on the road, and sometimes we don't know which way to go. Decisions have to be made, yet it is so very hard. We get lost. We need guidance. Righteousness here, he says, he'll lead us in the paths of righteousness. Righteousness here is not referring to a theological meaning here. The psalmist is thinking of desert paths that will actually lead somewhere. There's an end goal in mind. Not just wandering around, but you have a goal you're getting to. So for the purposes of what the psalmist is saying here, righteousness really can be defined the right paths versus the wrong paths, the straight paths and the direct paths. The journey with God is not haphazard. The path leads somewhere, and that somewhere is back to the fold with him. So why does, why does the shepherd lead the sheep? You remember, we've been talking about the sheep and how we're liking the sheep. And, you know, if you've listened to the first two messages, we're not very smart. Well, it gets better in verse 3. Why does a shepherd lead the sheep? Because sheep have no sense of direction. You know, a dog, a cat, a horse, if it gets lost, it can find its way home. It's like they have a homing beacon in them or like a, like a homing pigeon. They have a compass within them, but not sheep. Sheep are single-minded. 
They're skittish. They're nearsighted critters. They're easily terrified. They're always wandering off. They require constant attention. They will continually repeat wandering and getting into dangerous situations. And they never ever learn to avoid them. Guess what? God is talking about us. That's the way we are. Isaiah 53, 7. Six, excuse me, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Listen, we need to follow the good shepherd every day because we're just like sheep. We wander off into stuff, into thorns and thistles and messes that we can't get ourselves out of. We need to follow the shepherd Jesus every single day. Also, why does the shepherd lead the sheep? Because the sheep don't know where to go. They have terrible eyesight. That Sheep can only see 10 to 15 yards in front of them. And so there's these little narrow paths in Palestine, and they could easily get on the wrong one that will lead them right off a cliff into death. And just like sheep, we don't know which way to go until our good shepherd provides the direction for us to go. Folks, listen to me. We're not smart enough to do this life on our own. We desperately need our good shepherd to not only restore us, but to show us the paths of righteousness. Dr. Andrew Bonar said in the highlands of Scotland, that a sheep would wander off in the rocks and get, get, get himself in a place he can't get out of. What it is, they have sweet grass in those mountains. And the sheep will see the sweet grass at once 10 to 12 feet down. And it will jump down there and it will have a great time eating for a while. And then what will happen is, is the grass will run out. It will start bleeding. And the shepherd will hear it's in trouble. And the reason is because it can jump down 10 to 12 feet. But it ain't Michael Jordan. It can't jump up 10 to 12 feet. And so the shepherd will go down and watch it and watch what the shepherd does. The shepherd will sit there and will wait until the sheep is so faint that all it can do is lay down. It has no more strength to stand. Then it will jump down, put a rope around it, and pull it to safety. So Dr. Andrew Bonar said, why is it that he doesn't just rescue the sheep when it first jumps down in the hole? Why does it wait for it to basically faint and have no more strength? I love what... The answer was, he said, they are so foolish that they would dash right over the edge and kill themselves. Watch this, running from the very one trying to rescue them. Isn't that the way it is with people? People will not return back to God until they've lost their friends, lost their money, lost everything. They got nowhere else to turn and they're so faint in life, all they can do is lay down. God will allow you, listen to me closely, folks. God will allow you to lose everything and have nowhere else to turn so that he can grab you and pull you back into the fold. He'll allow you to beat your head against the wall. He'll allow you to do it your own way and ram your head against the wall over and over and over till you just can't, all you can do is lay there. You have nowhere else to turn. You have no hope. You have no friends. Your family maybe turned their back on you. You got laid off. You got all these problems. And when you finally realize, I can't do life on my own. I need the good shepherd. That's many times what it'll take for people to turn to him. We cannot Fix ourselves, folks. We need the good shepherd to do this. Listen, you can say positive words all you want. You will never defeat alcoholism on your own. You will never defeat drug addiction on your own. 
You will never defeat sexual sins, lust, perversion, and, and, and pornography on your own. You will never defeat the sins of the tongue, gossip, slandering, backsbiting, all the sins, lying, all the sins. That are, you'll never do it on your own. Folks, you can say it all day long till you're blue in the face. You and I need the good shepherd to help us defeat these things. Here's the good news. You don't have to ram up enough energy to defeat it. All you got to do is give your life to Jesus and he'll help defeat it for you. Woo! Hallelujah. The other reason is uh, sheep are not sure-footed. They'll hit the edge of a cliff and they'll fall to their death. You know, we're not sure-footed in this life. The only thing to stand on that's got any kind of solidity to it at all is the precious word of God. You know, we used to preach that, uh, sing that song, standing on the promises of God, standing on the word of God. That's the only sure-footed thing in this life. There's also necessary places that the sheep don't want to go. You know, sometimes the shepherd will lead them through very difficult and tough terrain, and the sheep don't necessarily want to go that way. And just like the sheep, we're just like that. We don't necessarily always want to go that way. But he said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in the way. He said, if we trust in him with all our heart, lean not into our own understanding, and all our ways acknowledge him, that he would direct our paths. And matter of fact, Psalm 37, 5 says, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he will do it. Isaiah 42, 16 says, I will lead the blind by a way they do not know. That's us, the blind. In paths they do not know, I will guide them. Hallelujah. We don't know the next step to take, but God will show us. I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. These are the things I will do and will not leave them undone. Which leads me to my last point in closing. Point three, the good shepherd helps us find the right paths. Listen, right paths are the best paths to travel. So pure, so clean, so holy, you will never find a more safe path than the right path in which the Savior is leading us. There is a right path for you. Listen, somebody else's right path isn't necessarily your right path. There's a right path for you today. That, that, that means yesterday's right path may be today's wrong path. We need fresh direction every day. There's a right path for you tomorrow, but it sure is hard to find the right path tomorrow when you're not on the right path today. The point is, is this, are you on the right path now? Do you want to be on the right path now? That's the key question. Notice that he said, he leads me. God doesn't drive me. He is climbing the same hill I am, and he is leading me. So how does the shepherd lead us? I love this. I want you to listen closely. I want you to lean up on your couch or on the seat of your car. I want you to lean in now. Watch this. There are three different ways that I can find that God leads us in the scriptures, or at least three that I want to point out. Isaiah 8 and 11 says this. This is what the Lord says to me with a strong hand upon me. Strong hand. Everybody say strong hand. With a strong hand upon me. Maybe type in strong hand in the comment box. Warning me not to follow the way of his people. Sometimes God guides us with a strong hand. I can give you an example. When I saw the city of Cincinnati for the first time, the voice of God spoke to me and said, this is a city of significance for you. It thundered in me. I would call it the strong hand of God getting my attention. To this day, I don't know if it was the audible voice of God or what, but it thundered in me. He spoke to me. He guided me with a strong hand. But then you have Acts 16, 7 through 8. It says, when they came to the border of Mesia, they tried to enter Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed Mysia and went down to Troas. That's guidance by prohibition. That's the ministry of the closed door. No liberty to do that. The way got blocked. 
I know one time there was a church that came up many years ago. And I just, I, I thought, man, I, I, I couldn't shake it. It had it in my mind. And I thought, wait, you know, talk to Holly. She didn't feel any red flags. We talked to the overseer at the time. And, and it just, it never opened. The door just kept getting blocked, blocked, blocked. It was like I thought I was thinking the right way. But God was gently leading me by saying, nope, you're not going through that door. And then Psalm 32, 8, this is my favorite way. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Type it in the box. Here we go. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Wow. Guide you with his eye. What a startling change from the grip of a hand to the blockade of a road to a simple look. Men, how many of you know what your wife is trying to communicate with a simple gaze? Children, how many of you know what your parents are trying to communicate with a simple gaze? You see, when you, eye guidance implies very intimate fellowship. Watch this. We can only be guided by his eye when we are gazing on him. Men, husbands, you don't need to know what your wife's trying to say when she gives you that look. And if you've been married long, you know the look I'm talking about. There are times that God can just simply guide you with a look from heaven. Oh, you won't see his physical eye. But you'll know in your spirit, ooh, I shouldn't do that. How do you find his choice paths? He said, come after me, follow him. He said, come unto me, that's get close to him. He said, abide in me, that's remain in him. But follow him, get close to him, and remain in him. And watch this, in closing, check this out. He said he would do all this for his name's sake. His name's sake. Just type in the comment box, his name's sake. Watch this, I'm going to close here. Listen. He doesn't do these great things for us because he finds us to be better sheep with fewer blemishes than other sheep. But he will do it for his name's sake. Watch this. People put their name on their workmanship, and we recognize whose it was originally by the name. Stradivarius, Ford, Ferrari. The list could go on and on. Check this out. Revelation 3.12 says this, I will write on him the name of my God. God wants to stamp his name right on you to say, I belong to his fold. I want to pray with you now. And I want to ask you, are you that wayward sheep? Are you the one I was just talking about? That you've gotten the thorns and thistles of life, and man, you, it's a mess. Well, I, if, if you'll just permit me, I'm just going to go with the Spirit. Maybe you're watching and you've turned over to prostitution. I just feel this in my spirit. I want to tell you, that's a terrible life, and that's a terrible choice, and God wants to pull you out of it. And even though you may be ashamed of who you are, you may be shamed by the profession you've, t- you've turned to. If you'll return to Jesus, not only will he get you out of that life and away from that that pimp who wants to destroy your life and use and abuse you, he'll clean you up and cause you to not have shame. You, There is no unpardonable sin. And there is no shame in coming back to the fold. And I want to tell you something. Maybe you're watching me and you're addicted to drugs or alcohol and you don't know how to shake it. Or you're addicted to pornography. I feel in my spirit there's somebody you're addicted to pornography and you can't shake it. I want to tell you if you'll get your life to Jesus Christ, he'll deliver you from that once and for all just that quick. And maybe you're who I talked about earlier. You are far from God. 
and you're in the backside of nowhere and a mess of a life, and you're, you, you feel hopeless. You feel trapped. You feel trapped in bondage, and you don't know how to get out. I want to tell you your answer is Jesus. Will you surrender to him right now? He's right there where you're at. He is right there where you're at, and he is waiting for you to say, come into my life. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Would you do that right where you're at? Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in all my mess. Having wandered from you for years now, I I don't have the strength or the ability to fix myself. I ask you to pick me up out of the mess I've created or the raw deal I've been dealt and carry me back into your fold. I repent of my sins, which means I turn away from them and I turn to you. Come into my life right now as my Lord and Savior. I'd like for you to text the word believe to the number on the screen because we want to connect with you. We want to give you some tools to help you in this journey with Christ. If you're watching from your phone on Facebook right now, I want you to text the word believe in the comment section right now and we're going to get in touch with you. I want to tell you, you made the greatest decision in your life. Praise God that you and I, thank God I came to my senses one time when I was on the backside of nowhere, gambling, drinking, smoking marijuana, living living every which way wrong you can possibly imagine. And I finally surrendered to him and he saved my soul. He, he, thank God he did it for you today. Well, maybe you're watching me right now and you say, Pastor, I, I've given my life to Jesus, but the fact is, is that, I, man, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm worn down. This coronavirus wore me out. Listen, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm not preaching to something that I'm not living myself. I don't like the governor's decision. I don't like all this stay-at-home stuff. I don't like all this going on. And I'm ready. Let's get back to going like we're supposed to. Let's meet in person in church. Let's get out and about. Let's get life going again. That's the way I view it. And, I, man, I'm ready for that. And it's frustrating to me. And maybe it's taking a toll on you. Maybe you're out there and you say, I don't even know how I'm going to forget all that. I don't even know how I'm going to feed my family because I don't even have a job right now. Or like I said earlier, I'm worn down by my family or my roommate. I'm going to kill them if I have to spend one more day in the house with them. Listen, if that's you, just be honest with God. Get real with God. Tell them how you feel right now. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for you while you do that. Heavenly Father, I pray for whoever it is watching right now. However they're worn down, however they're, whatever it is they're feeling, stress, anxiety, anger, frustration. God, I pray that we give it all to you right now. And I pray for every person, God, right now they would just give that up to you and that you would come and restore us, God. You would breathe life back into our everyday lives. God, we don't want to just exist through the coronavirus season. We want to live in spite of it. We want, to, we want to live in joy in the journey. We want to walk in your strength and your life and your vitality. Refill us with vigor and reanimate us. Fill us with your life. Breathe the breath of God into us again. Breathe the Holy Spirit afresh and anew into us right now. In the name of Jesus we pray.
And if you're there, just shout out amen. Hallelujah. If you're real excited, hey, type in, God has restored me right there in the comment box. We're going to clap with you. We're going to celebrate. Do some hand clappy emojis. You, if you put in there, God just restored me or God just breathed life in me, I promise you in my living room, we're going to be clapping. Everybody in the church will. I don't care where you're at. Maybe you're watching in Nigeria right now or Russia. You clap too. We're all going to clap and celebrate. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, can we give God praise? Because I believe somebody has returned to the fold. And the Bible says that when one returns to the fold, he all of heaven rejoices. Did you know if you return to the fold, that Jesus and all of heaven is rejoicing there's a party going on in heaven hallelujah so right where you at would you just clap your hands let's praise God for those that have given their lives to Jesus hallelujah and if you'd like to connect with us we certainly would like to connect with you just text the word connect and we'd be honored to reach out to you or if you're watching from your phone on Facebook just post the word connect in the comment section right now we're going to reach out to you God bless you. If you're new, just type in the word new. We're going to reach out to you. Thank you for joining us. We have daily devotions every day. We want you to share these posts. We want you to check out Instagram, Facebook, and, and YouTube, and all the other good stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, join our YouTube channel. We get 100. I think we're at 89 right now. If we get 100 or more, we get to have our own little URL. And so praise God for that. Man, God is doing some great things. Listen, check it all out. God's got some fresh word for you. We love you. Thanks for being with us. Hey, if you're new to church and you're new to this whole church thing, even online, and you're just kind of kicking the tires on church and Christianity, hey, you can kick them with us at Bridge of Hope Church. And for those of you watching from far away from Cincinnati, we consider you our family. We love you. Connect with us. We want to connect with you. God bless you. Next week, Mother's Day message, we're going to believe God for miracles.